Romans, the sixth chapter, because there's there this topic we have to tackle as we enter into this this greater glory and this greater grace. So we won't miss it and abuse it and not experience and get out of it what God wants to get out of it. Amen. And so you won't miss everything that God is doing. Guess what we got to deal with if that's going to be the case in this glory that we're in right now. We have to deal with sin. God pulled my coattail. He said, now you got, there's some stuff that's been sitting. I've been probably sitting on this for a while. He said, now is the time because now you've given the people the proper lens to look at this through. We have to deal with sin. Amen. 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 Glory be to God. Amen. And so I want to share a couple of things with you that are very, very necessary. If you're going to benefit from the glory, the presence of God and what God is doing. Amen. In kingdom life and in our lives in this season. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter six and verse number one. We're going to start there and we're going to read from there. If Jarvis did not get my shoes yet, call him and tell him, don't even worry about it. Glory be to God. I feel good. Right. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 1 says here, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Young people, I really need you to grab a hold of this because there is a new age religious Christianity that, uh, um, that's, that's covering and released upon you all. It's very satanic in nature that has told you grace gives permission for sin. And so you wind up staying in sin in the same lengths of time that your parents did when you were supposed to defeat them long before your parents ever defeated them because you get to get victory at a younger age than we did. Grace is not a license to sin. And if you're still in sin, you haven't received grace. I'm living in the grace. If you're still living in sin, no, you're not. You're living under the you're, you're still under the law. And condemnation. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 6 verse number 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse number 2. God what? God forbid. How shall we that are dead. Everybody say dead. Dead to sin live any longer therein. Everybody see that? Go to verse number 6. Verse number six, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Very key verse. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For he, for in that he died, everybody say died, he died unto sin, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Everybody see that? Romans chapter 7. And verse number nine. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I did what? And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it... <clears throat> slew me wherefore the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good was then that which is good made death unto me god forbid but sin that it might appear sin working death in me by what is good that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful for we know that the law is spiritual but i am carnal sold under sin for that which i do i allow not Sound familiar? For what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. 
Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. That is powerful. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present. Everybody say present with me but how to perform that which is good I find not for the good that I would I do not but the evil which I would not that I do now if I do that I would not it is no more I that do it but sin that dwelleth in me I find then this is powerful I find then a law that when I would do good evil is present with me for I delight in the law of God after the inward man but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind very very key and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members oh wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death I'm gonna go one more text and then we're gonna jump into this things Romans chapter 9 verse number 6 I'm trying to connect some things and I and as I read this I really want you to to make sure that you're getting this in your heart and your ears are in tune to it Romans chapter 9 verse 6 and then after this we'll jump in not as though the word of God hath taken none effect for they are not all Israel which are of Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they children, but in Isaac shall the seed be called. Everybody say called. We understand that to be called by name, to be named. That is they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted for the seed for this is the word of promise at this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son and not only this but when Rebecca also had conceived by one even by our father Isaac for the children being not yet born neither having done any good or evil that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works but of him that calleth everybody say call It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Verse 25 and 26 of the same chapter. As he saith also in OC, I will call, everybody say call, them my people which were not my people and her beloved which was not by beloved and it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there shall they be called everybody say called the children of the living God father I just thank you and I bless you right now for the power of God that speaks to the people of God in such a way that dry bones begin to shake things begin to come together with sinew and and flesh and we stand up a mighty army even unto you O Lord God on today we just thank you and bless you right now for the spirit of the grace of God for an open heaven Lord God the angels ascend and descend that as it is in heaven so it is on earth in this house and amongst this gathering of people that you are Emmanuel tonight that you are Emmanuel today God with us we bless you and we thank you now in Jesus name amen amen I want to show you this real 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 fast I'm gonna run over uh, several of the texts and then what I'm going to do is jump into what God is saying um, he, he asks a question. Paul asks a question in Romans chapter six. He says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he answers that question. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Everybody say dead to sin. Dead to sin. 
dead to sin, live any longer therein. Romans 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. How can we who are dead to sin, the wages of sin is death? How are we who are dead to sin, live any longer in it, the wages of sin is death? Romans 9 verse 9 and 10, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein the wages of sin is death in that he dieth he dieth unto sin once how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer in it everybody say dead the wages of sin is death everybody say death in that he dieth he dieth unto sin once what am i trying to point out sin's ultimate apex and conclusion is death that's as far as sin can take you, and that's the end point that sin always takes you. The conclusion of sin is death. Now, why is that so important? Because we got to understand that there are many different streets sin can take you down. You can go down the street of sin called fornication. You can go down the street of sin. A, a street of a, a sin has a street named greed. Sin has a street named murder. Sin has a street named lust. Sin has a street named self-focus. Sin has a street named love of the world. But all those roads lead to one same alley. Death. The wages of sin, please hear me, is death. Now, that, no matter how different or politically correct your sin is, no matter how socially acceptable your sin is compared to somebody else's sin, because you know there are sins that are socially acceptable and there are other sins that are not socially acceptable. No matter whether your sin is socially acceptable or not, you're going down the, you're going to end up at the same alley, the one who's operating in unso, uh, unsocial or unacceptable sins are. What I'm telling you is the boy or girl that's sleeping with a boy or a girl they're not married to is going to end up at the same alley as the man that looks at child pornography and rapes little boys y'all are both ending up in the exact same place because the wages of sin not particular sin that we think is okay and other sins that are not okay the one that chopped off somebody's head with al-qaeda is going to the same hell as the one that gets busted and drunk every night they're going to the same place the wages of sin is death. No matter what road of sin you're going down, you're going down the same road. So the one that went into Sandy Hook and shot those little kids, you, the one that watches pornography is going to the same destination. Really, you're in the same boat because the wages of always have the same conclusion is death I don't care if your friends accept your sin it's still unacceptable the wages of sin is death how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer in it the wages of sin is death how can we who are dead to sin live any longer in it through grace watch this God has chosen to allow sin to bring death to us before we die I'm gonna say that again through grace God has chosen to allow sin to bring death to us before we die we are to die to sin before we experience dying there is a death before our death. How can we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? In other words, sin, God has ordained us to be dead to sin before we're dead in a coffin by the grace of God. Amen. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? For in that he died, he died unto sin Y'all know what y'all just said. Through grace, sin brings you to one death. Through grace, 
God brings you to one death to sin. By grace, God brings you to one death to sin. We die to sin once. Grace doesn't help you stop for a season, then you slip up and go back again. Grace doesn't allow you to rent freedom for, from your bondage for a month or two, but gives you access to die once to it and never return to it again. See, the reason why many people return to your sin is because you didn't die, you just had a close call. Anybody ever had a close call and almost died in an accident? Had a close call and almost got shot in the club? Glory be to God. You didn't die. You just had a close call. And see, sometimes we'll stop sinning for a season. And why is it that we did not? We went back to it because we never died to it. Because once you die to it once, you, you're, you're delivered from sin once. There's one death. You don't keep on going back. I backslid because you never died. I went, there is no such thing as backsliding. Amen. I'm proof to what we not what we call backsliding. I was doing good for a while. You was just doing good for a while. You never had grace. Amen. Grace gives us the reality of dying once to sin. Man, think about the power of that. In that he died, he died once. Think about the power of that. Think about the power of me laying in a coffin right here. Once I'm dead, I'm dead to the world. Think about the power of that. My wife will probably stand over that casket and tell me, baby, I love you so much. She'd probably be crying. I, you know, I'm going to miss you so much. Glory be to God. I, you know, I, you're just so precious to me. And guess what I'm going to do the entire time? I'm not going to budge. I'm not going to move. My children, dad, I still need you. God, I still want you in my life. My, I know my children will be over my coffin. And if, if I was still alive, what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up and help them, but I'm dead now. I can no longer respond. It doesn't matter how you cry. It doesn't matter what you do. When I'm dead to it, I'm dead to it. And there's nothing that was still alive can make me do. Y'all ain't hearing me to respond to it. So when I'm dead to liquor, I don't care if I'm in the liquor store. If I'm dead to it. I'm dead to it. I don't care if I'm at Myrtle Beach and half the women are half naked. If I'm dead to it, I'm dead. We got to understand the power of grace. I die once. It's so much time to die. It's so hard. Die. We experience dying in that he died he died to sin once if we are still sinning it's because we haven't done what we ain't died yet simple as that when we stop sinning for a season that's because we had a close call Usually when you stop sinning for a season, it got bad enough where you said, I want to change. But as soon as it got good, after it got bad, you went back to what you were doing. I believe that's everybody's story in here at some point in their life. I'm going to start going to church. But then when it started getting good, I stopped going to church. Amen. Now, what has the power to bring us to that one death? Y'all know what has the power to bring us to that one death? Amen. I'm about to share it with you right now. And it's not as deep as we think it is. You know what has the power to bring us to that one death? Doctrine. Y'all know that, right? Teaching brings you to that one death. Doctrine. Doct teaching brings you to that one death. God, I want to die. Well, listen. It ain't hard. Why? Why aren't you paying attention while I'm preaching? You could have been dead two years ago. Doctrine brings you to that death. That one death. Prove it to me in scripture. Romans chapter 6 verse 17. Watch this. Because it's hard to live unto God when I'm not dead to sin. As a matter of fact, I died of sin to live unto God. But Watch this. But God be thanked that ye were what? <clears throat> but you have done what? 
obeyed from where? The heart, that form of teaching, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. See, our problem is we think we're just getting a message when something got delivered. There was something that came from heaven to earth. And while I'm preaching, you are experiencing a package that was delivered. Amen. That was, watch this, delivered you. Verse 18, being then made free from sin. How? By receiving and obeying from the heart, the doctrine delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. We are made free from sin by a form of doctrine received in the heart. Y'all following what I'm saying? Teaching is meant to first, this is why we can't get free. Because teaching is meant to first be obeyed, not understood. I'm going to say that again. If you want to obey it, for, why would God tell you to obey it from your heart and not your mind? Because your mind want to understand. But God is saying, I want you to obey something you don't understand yet. And through your obedience, you'll eventually come into the understanding of a renewed mind. Amen. So he said, obey from you obey teaching with your heart because you're not going to be able to say yes to the requirements of that teaching in your head. You say you obey it with your heart because your head is not going to be able to say yes to it. Teaching that calls you to not ever take another drink again after you drunk for 30 years. You can come in here today and receive the form of doctrine where you'll leave here and never drink another day in your life after you've drunk for 30 years. But you will not obey that in your mind. You obey that in your heart. Teaching that, that calls you to never have sex outside of marriage and you've been doing it your entire life and you can leave here after doing it for 20 years and never do it again. But it, that has to be obeyed in your heart. Not in your mind. The problem is we take doctrine and try to figure out well, how I'm going to be free. You don't figure out how you're going to be free if thou will confess with thy mouth. Yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shall be saved. All you've got to do is say yes to what he said in your heart. The reason why so many believers are stuck in sin cycles is because they keep on trying to believe in their head what can only be overcome when they believe it in their heart. We are made free from sin by a form of doctrine received in the heart. We are made free from sin by the form of doctrine. It's so hard to stay free because you didn't hear it with your heart. Amen. So watch this. Teaching is first meant to be obeyed and then ultimately understood. Freedom can never be initiated from the mind, but only from the heart. Freedom can only be um, initiated from the heart, never the mind. You can never say from your mind what you're going to do to be free. You have to know you're free. Initiation, liberty comes from first the heart. Amen. You can know good with your mind and still do what's wrong with your body over and over and over and know it's wrong and keep on doing it over and over and over. Why? Because knowing it in your mind doesn't give you the power to not do it. Knowing it in your mind doesn't give you the power to do good and refuse evil. Your mind doesn't carry that ability. Come on, all I got to do is ask somebody here that's willing to be honest that knew you were doing it wrong, but you kept on doing it over. Some of you in here that are still doing it over and you know it's wrong. Saying it over and you know it's wrong. Amen. Why? Romans 9. Excuse me, Romans 7. Verse 22. This is why. Romans 7 verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the what? But I see another law where? In my members. Warring against the law of what? My mind. I got something in my mind that I know is right. But there's something waging war on what I know is right. 
and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my. See, what you got to understand, we sin by law. I want you to think about what I did. We sin by law. You can't. In other words, for you to stop sinning, if you're trying to stop sinning from your mind, you would be breaking the law. You would be breaking divine laws. There's, you by law have to keep sinning because you're trying to get free from your mind. For you to be free from your sin would be for you to be a convict. You're breaking the law. As long as I'm trying to obey what I'm taught with my mind, I, by law, must remain bound in sin. For me to be free would be against divine law. What if you're sinning and you're actually doing it because that's the law? Can I help you understand something about the nature of the kingdom? Watch this. I want to read verse 15. Look at what it goes on to say. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is what? Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that does what? For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. This is so powerful. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would... I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present. Everybody say present with me. Paul, now watch this. This is so profound if you're following his dialogue. Paul is saying, because I keep doing what I know I shouldn't be doing, I find that when I would do good, evil is present with me. In other words, what Paul is saying is persistent sin is because of the presence of sin. Persistent sin is because of the presence of sin. Sin's assignment is to always be present. I'm going to say that again. See, because you can be in church and you're actually thinking about sleeping with somebody and you're mad because you're in a good place, but you find evil is there. You're in church and you're thinking about how you want to slap somebody across the pew. Amen. Because you're in a good place, but evil is present. Everybody ain't moving right now because you act like when we in a good place, everything going on in you is good. I find a law, even when I'm trying to do good, evil is present. So then I end up leaving church and going to sleep with somebody because while I, while I was in church, I was thinking about evil was there to interrupt. Now I'm going to share this again. Sin's assignment is to always be present. Why? The presence of sin's assignment is to disqualify me from the presence of God. The presence of sin's assignment is to keep me out of the presence of God. Everybody following what I'm saying? Every, try, every time I try to do good, evil is present with me because sin has found a home in me. Every time I try to do good, evil is present with me because sin has found a home, watch this, in me. Evil is present with me because evil has become a part of me. Please hear what I'm saying. Romans 7 and 20. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Sin causes me to become the presence of evil God, did y'all see that? It's not me. No, I'm not fighting evil. I actually carry it. It's different. See, sin now makes me the presence of evil. When I'm there, I feel, you always have people that feel certain things in environments, but usually we, they feel what they are. So the glory could be here, but you feel lust. I feel that that, that man got a lust because you lust. You feel what's in you. Y'all know that deep calls unto deep. 
you, you literally, what calls you from the outside is usually something deep down on the inside of yourself. But then you blame it on the thing on the outside. Ask Adam. Adam, I'm going to take a rib out of you. Y'all ain't hearing me. And I'm going to make you a help me. And then when that help me takes of the tree and gives it to Adam, Adam says, it was the woman you gave me. But Adam, what that woman was came out of you anyway. That's what you wanted. And she would... What you're most conscious of usually is because it's what you are or what you fight with. That's why so many people, that's why people tend to be evil conscious. You, if you got an attitude, you can always pick up folk with bad attitudes. You ain't got to talk to them, do you? You can watch them come through the door and tell they nasty. Why? What I am, I can see. Amen. Sin causes me to become the presence of evil while at the same time I want the presence of God. I'm going to help you understand the dilemma. Sin causes me to become the presence of evil while at the same time I want the presence of God. When I would do good, evil is present with me because evil lives in me. Evil is present with me because evil has become a part of me. My very presence keeps me out of his presence. I want his presence, but my presence repels his presence. I want the presence of God, but I got this evil stuff that I drag along with me everywhere that I go. I, you know, if the ushers look a certain way, I'm shutting down in church because I got this evil thing that I drag with me everywhere that I go. Glory be to God. Well, I'm in church. If I see a handsome man on the other side, there's a part of me that's thinking about what can I do to hook up with him because I'm dragging this evil thing everywhere I go. Amen. And the presence of evil that is upon me is keeping me from the presence of God that I want to enter into uh, until Jesus. Y'all hey, hear me until Jesus. Uh, that's why we must celebrate Jesus every chance that we get because while we were yet sinners, y'all ain't hearing me, Christ died for us. When we were caught in the act, he still came. When he knew we were wrong, he still came. When we did what we weren't supposed to do, he still touched us. When we were a place we shouldn't have been and we lifted our hands, we still felt him. Don't you dare think you deserve the touches you de that you deserve and the dreams that you get and the wind of God that touches you. But because of Jesus, even though I have evil that I'm carrying with me God shows up to the leper and says I'll touch you when don't nobody else want to touch you God shows up to the woman that's a prostitute and said you can wash my feet when don't nobody else want you uh, want to be touched by you God shows up in the form of Jesus and says what's keeping you out of my presence I'm going to move in and supersede your evil with my good. I'm going to touch you while you're jacked up. I'm going to speak to you while you're confused. I'm going to lead you while you are rebellious. I'm going to raise you up while you're still crooked. You, we need to celebrate Jesus. Because the only reason why any of us are where we are is because why we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. But Jesus, she was caught in the very act. Amen. He, he, he was without sin. Let him cast the first. It don't matter. Amen. Your judge has come to show mercy. What happens when the one that gives you your sentence actually dies for you? He's your judge. Amen. When we knew we were living in disobedience, he still touched us. But we can't take that grace as a license to sin. Shall we continue in sin? That grace man, he touched you when you were still in sin. So why are you still in it? You heard him when you were living wrong. So why are you still living wrong? He know my attitude. He know all my bad habits and he keep on blessing me. So why or do you still have that attitude? Why are you still operating? Shall you continue in sin? That grace may abound. God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin?
live any longer in it. Romans chapter 7, verse 16. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, he's been too good to me to keep on doing this thing. I can't. He's been too good for me to for me to keep on living like that. He's been too he's been too good for me to keep on going back and making excuses for something that I is inexcusable. Your sin at this point is inexcusable. He's been too good to you, and you dragging your feet, going back to places you know are forbidden, eating fruit that you know is killing you. How many times can you appreciate his grace for not letting you die there without depreciating his grace because you keep on going back? At some point, you stop appreciating his grace because you've depreciated it too much. Amen? Romans chapter 7, verse 16. Look at this. So, so powerful. So, so powerful. It says, Oh, if then I do that which I what? <clears throat> Follow this. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is what? Now then it is no more I that do it. God, I wish y'all. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. What Paul says right there doesn't make sense. Please get that. It's no longer I that do it, but sin. Do you understand that that don't make sense? He says in so many words, what I'm doing, I'm not doing. You know, now then it is no more I that do. You just said you did it. Then he turns around and said, it ain't me that's doing it. In so many words, he's saying what I'm doing, I'm not doing. It's no longer I, but sin that dwelleth in me. I'm doing it, but I'm not. I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it. How could it not be you that is doing it unless you are doing it out of a you? You really are not. I'm trying to help somebody get back to original identity up in here. I'm still in the same vein. How could it not be you that is doing it unless you are doing it out of a misidentification? How could it not be you that's doing it unless you're doing it out of your nickname and not your forename? Can I go back there? How could it be you that is not doing it unless you're doing it out of your be you and not your were you? It's no longer I because who's doing this isn't me. What happens when what you're doing really ain't you? But the problem is you don't know it. I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity, but before I was born, I were in him. I was in him before the foundations of the world. Before I knew you, I formed you in your mother's womb. And I called you a prophet. I did not call you a, 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 a one who a recovering addict. I did not call you a, a molested child. I did not call you a high-risk youth. I did not call you someone who fights with their self-esteem. I did not call you somebody that struggles with sexual sin. I called you by your name and none of them are it. So I know I'm doing it, but it really ain't me that's doing it. I know there's another me. I know there's an anointed me. I know there's a free me. I know that there's a powerful me. I know that there is a God-fearing me. I know that there is a me that is led by the Spirit. It is no longer I that do it. But sin, that do, what does that tell us about sin? Sin doesn't just seek to have us do bad things. Seek wants, sin wants to give us an identity. That's why I say, if I could just stop this in saying, if I could just stop this, you've allowed sin to give you an identity. If I, what if it ain't you? It's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Sin is not just a sign to make you do bad things. Sin assignment is to give you an identity. If you ever say, if I asked in here and everybody was transparent, how many of you struggle with pornography? Hands would be raised up now. There are kids in here and some adults that still watch pornography right now as we speak. Hands would go up. But the problem is I did not just tell you an action. I just told you an identity. You have now said you are a struggler with pornography. What if that ain't who you are? I struggle with lust. That is not an action. That's an identity. 
I know I got to stop buying these tickets. I just love to play these tickets. That's not what you do. That's an identity. It's no longer I that doeth it, but sin that dwelleth in me because sin has given me an alternative identity and caused me to misidentify myself. How could it not be you that is doing it unless you are doing it out of a version of you that you're not? Come on, I need you to say I'm not what, what I've done. I'm who God called me to be. Watch this. Romans 9 verse 7. So powerful. I'm going to run through three verses real fast. First of all, Paul, see, Paul is actually in the pathway of ultimate liberty. But he first has to understand and separate who he is from the sin that has brought him into bondage. Until you stop saying, God, deliver me from this, and you start saying, God, this ain't even me. God changed this about me. If I could just stop smoking, you would still be the same sinner. Because who you really are never smoked. He is not trying to fix you. He's trying to bring you into a reborn experience. I'm talking about regeneration. I am not talking about helping you manage your dysfunctional self that you, because you really don't know who you are. We are not in too much, too much of church has gotten into management business. We are not managers of your bondage that really ain't you. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 9 verse 17. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall the seed be called. Everybody say called. Verse 11. For the children being not yet born neither having done any good or evil. These scriptures should be familiar to you that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works but of him that calleth. Everybody say calleth. Verse 16, watch this, this is so powerful. So then it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth but of God that showeth mercy. God's mercy is shown by his call. God follow me. God's mercy is shown by his call. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. The purpose of God according to election might stand not of works but of him that calleth. It is not of him that willeth nor him of, that is runneth but of God that showeth mercy. That word call means call by name. Follow me, follow me, follow me. God shows us mercy by calling us by a name we don't know ourselves at as when he begins to call us that. So while you're still sleeping around, God will call you by the name pure. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody else is calling you for a call. You know what type of call it is. But every now and again, when you get alone by yourself, you'll hear God calling you pure. And it'll bring you to tears in the club. It'll bring, you'll hear yourself, God calling you pure. And it'll touch you deep down on the inside because there's a part of you that recognizes that's who I really am. And that's his mercy. Because if he never called you by your real name, you would have lived out of a nickname called whore. And you are not a whore. You are not a you are Sunday you are not a booty call y'all ain't hearing me you are pure while you are still in greed God will call you by your name giver because God wants to give so he can give good measure but you will barely give five dollars in the offering because all they want is money anyway but God will call you your real name so he can bring you into your real destiny while you are living in bitterness and offense God will call you forgiving and free oh glory be to God he'll show you mercy I just can't get over how they did me but that ain't your name and why everybody else accepts what you say you are God will call you forgiving God will call you loving he'll give you mercy by calling you what you are even when you don't know It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that calls. But of God that calls. While you're in the club. You know, a lot of people don't understand it. But do you understand that people get calls in the club? Anybody ever heard his call while you was drinking on yak? 
Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. I know that makes religious people cringe. You were drinking on yak and you, come on, cognac. Come on, glory be to us. Something act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Glory be to God. And while you were, you began to hear the call of God. Not a call to preach. I hear God. And then what we do is we let the devil and religion come in. And when God is calling us to identity, we'll hear it as a call to ministry. And we'll go out and start trying to preach while we're still in sin. You don't start pre you don't answer the call to ministry until you first hear the call of election. How can you be in office and you ain't been elected? Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. How can you hold an office and you have not been elected? You don't get office first. You answer the call of election first. Do you believe you are what you don't see yourself as? Because God said it until you can. Don't take no office because you're going to confuse folk. Amen. His, watch this. His mercy is shown in calling us by who he knew us as before sin made us what it made us. So we don't have to fight to be what we're not. You do not have to fight to get through your bondage. All you got to do is answer the call of what God calls you. It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that calleth. The fact that the Lord calls us according to how he foreknew us makes the Romans 7 revelation so necessary. Please understand how this connects and why I couldn't preach this until I preached about the foreknowing of God and the, the word identity. There's a reason why God placed it. I've been had this, but I didn't see it through that lens until I finished what I preached. Now, that's what him foreknowing us makes the Romans 7 revelation so necessary. I have to come to the revelation that it's not me that's doing this, but sin dwelling in me. I have to come to the revelation that it's not me that's doing it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Otherwise, I will make myself one with my mess and I will never enter into the liberty of the sons of God. I have to at some point in a revelation understand that it's not me, but something there is a foreign occupant. Oh, glory be to God. There is something else in me that is not me trying to tell me it is me and it's not. Amen. What I'm struggling with isn't me. What has me bound isn't me. Why do I need to know, have the, the Romans 7 revelation? So when God calls me something else, I'll know that that might just be it. Because I know this ain't. When I hear joy, that might just be me because I know this ain't. When I hear peace, that has to be it because I know this ain't me. You can never get to the law of the liberty of Christ that frees you from the law of sin and death until you go down the Romans road of seven and understand the revelation that what I'm doing ain't me. You know the greatest tragedy that happened? What's the, you know one of the greatest tragedies that could, has ever happened? If you've ever watched any type of um, series, uh, a true life series on TV, that has to do with uh, litigation in court and the justice system and someone gets falsely accused of a crime and wind up doing 25 years for a crime they did not commit and the only reason why they find out that that individual didn't do it is because they use forensics. They use what can't be seen with the eye to figure out. Oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. They use what can't be forensic is stuff that can't be seen with the natural eye. The only reason why they thought they did it is was because they were walking by sight. But then they go back. Oh, glory be to God. They go back to forensics, which can't be seen to figure out that the man we convicted of the crime ain't them. So now 25 to life is hard if I did it. But how much harder is it when I didn't do it? I'm not just suffering because I'm in prison. I'm suffering because every minute I'm in prison, I know I'm not really supposed to be here. You know what the greatest tragedy is, is when there are going to be so many people that go to hell for somebody they're really 
really not. And it's not until they get to hell are they going to figure out it really ain't me. Glory be to God. I'm suffering for a crime I didn't do. Who I really am is holy. Who I really am is pure. Who I really am is delivered. And I'm in hell for the rest of my life because I accepted an identity based off of sin that I'm not. Hell is going to be so tormenting because people are going to realize when they get there I'm suffering for another man's crime. I'm suffering for another woman's sin. This ain't really even who I am. Are you going to go to hell and it ain't you? It is not me. It's dwells in me trying to tell me it's me. How many people are going to hell and it ain't them? Young people, don't you dare let sin tell you who you are. You're going to go to hell for another man's crime. Do you understand why they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell? Because every moment of every day for a million years, I'm burning and being eaten by worms. I'm saying to myself the entire time, I'm dealing with this, and this ain't even me. What happens when you're stuck for eternity being somebody you're not? Now I know it ain't me, God. Will you? No. It's too late. I know that I can be free of sin. I know I can live holy. I know it now. I know it now. It's too late now. Because unless they believe Moses and the prophets, Neither will they believe even if one rises from the dead. I'm here to tell you right now, whether you believe it or not, you're lying to yourself when you tell yourself you can't stop sinning. You're lying to you. You're lying about who you really are. Who you are is holy and in him before the foundations of the world. Glory be to God. You can call those things that be not as though they were. Stop living trifling. Stop stomping on the grace of God. Stop trampling the blood of the covenant as if it is a common thing. Stop using the name of Jesus as if it ain't got power to bring you out right now. Stop playing with this gospel. Stop playing around with the anointing that's on your life. You should be dead right now. You have you should be have lost your mind. You shouldn't be able to return and you're playing with this gospel. You understand clearly. God, I came to warn you today. I love you enough to deliver it in a way that sometimes uh, amusing, sometimes makes you laugh. But what we're doing right now ain't laughing. And if you're still playing with sin after all this glory, you might mess around and be a reprobate. What else in the world can you hear after you heard all that and you still... Going back talking about I were, I were, shut your mouth and stop playing with this gospel. Stop playing with this gospel. You are you are 10 years from being dead. And uh, you don't even know. You are five years from leaving this earth. Some of you will not go into 2019. Stop playing with this gospel. Stop trampling the blood of the covenant. Stop treating what you hear as a common thing. Stop trying to understand it with your mind. I'm calling you to repentance. Because we ain't going into this glory playing. I ain't playing talking about our worry and sleeping with y'all. So why are you doing it? Glory to his name. I ain't talking about our word and then going in my corners and talking about y'all in the corners and gossiping about what you're doing wrong. So what you doing? It's time to come up. I'm going to show you this and we're closing. There's a wind blowing right now. There's a don't don't play with this. Because this blessing is going to be so big, it could be the, it, this blessing is about to be so big 
that if you grab it out of the wrong nature, it's going to destroy your life. Promise is coming fast. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? There's a reason why I'm preaching what I'm preaching today. Promise is coming fast. We will not be in labor long and you ain't got but a couple hours to get this together. Stop playing. I thank God that you confess it. Stop doing it then. Confession is supposed to lead to cleansing. I ain't gonna lie, I know it's me. You said that last week and the week before that and the week before that and the week before that. It's no longer confession. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord God. And touch not the unclean. God, I feel the glory of God. I feel for you, man, because some of you are about to play with this thing after this and you're going to die. I'm trying to tell you right now, come out from among them and be ye separate. You're not, it's hidden manna. We're about to enter into a realm of hidden manna. If you don't get to the place where you can see it, you won't even know to ask for it. God, y'all better listen to last Wednesday. Come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Stop playing with this. In this season, don't joke about the word. This ain't a season for you to be making jokes about who you were, who you be. I'm not there. No, don't play with it. Let it save your soul. Romans chapter 9. Look at this and I'm closing. Shandiboko. Obey the form of doctrine from your heart. Stop trying to make sense of it with your mind. How I'm going to go without it. Just say yes to it in your heart. Say I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it no more. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Obey the doctrine from your heart. Watch this. Romans chapter 9 verse 25. As he saith also in O.C., I will call them my people, which were what? Not my people. And her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people. There shall they be called the children of God. Do y'all see that? The place where they understand that it's you're not my people is the place where you'll be called my people. The place where you understand that you are not my people is the place where you'll be called. The place where you understand your struggle with sin is not you. The place that you understand that what you're doing is sin that lives in you. The place you understand you're not and you stop trying to get God to fix what is not. If I could just stop drinking, stop getting, get him to fix that and just admit that that ain't his people. You're not his people yet. That, that who you look at yourself as is not the people of God. The place that you recognize with your religious saying on the choir, which you're serving in church, which you're passing the plate, which you're collecting the money was not the people of God. The moment you're humble enough to recognize that none of your religious religious accomplishments had anything and you are not the people of God he said in that place shall you be called God's people don't just come to church on Sunday that's not we are not his people that is not his people but we are his people when we recognize that that is not his people in the place where you recognize who you are is rejected is the place you'll be received why because it is not me but sin that dwelleth in me. I have an original identity. Amen. Watch this. The place we recognize that we're not is the place we're qualified to become. It's the place of realizing original identity. 
not saying, see, this is the key, not saying your identity is worthless. Amen. He said that in me, that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. We are not no, just no good to God. Y'all know that, right? We are nothing. We ain't worth nothing to God. That is religion. You're right. As long as you're still who you see yourself as. You're completely right. But to the degree you come into who you were. Because don't forget who you were was one with him. How dare you insult God and say you ain't worth nothing. Amen. The key is helping you to understand what you're not so you can recover who you were. You can't make the version of you that's not his people, his people by churching yourself. The place where you're, where it's said that you are not my people. There shall you be called the people of God. I'm calling this house to repentance. I'm calling this house to turn from her wicked ways. I'm calling this house to stop excusing what's inexcusable in this season. I'm calling this house to come to grips with what you really are so you can be what you're called. There's only one place we're offended. That's in our flesh. Get out of it. Everybody standing to your feet.